So, so the the the. Oh, there's this 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 song. This song just just keeps going in my heart. God is fighting for us. I, I just love the part that ends up saying in the name of Jesus. You know? God is fighting for us, and I want you to I want you to take hold of that because the whole theme, the whole theme that the RCCG has been. Has, has, is, is going to walk on in a prophetic way is, is that it's a year of victories and it's a decade of victories. And 2020 in particular is preparing you for those victories. But, but the idea of victory is, is always because there's a battle. Yeah. You cannot talk about victory without battles. You cannot talk, in, talk about winning without competing or without striving or striving for something. You can only talk about victory when you have overcome something. It means there are challenges ahead. Amen. Amen. I was driving one time uh, in Zimbabwe and, and, I, and I saw this strange sign and I thought this is rather strange because they said road failures ahead. Right? Normally, you know, you, 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 you get signs like curve ahead or, or you know, Animal crossing ahead because we have a lot of these animal crossings or tractors. Be careful for tractors or farm vehicles that will be crossing the road. But this time looked very strange. It said road failures ahead. So, so you know, when I saw this, it didn't really strike me the kind of challenge I was about to face on the road. Because you think, what kind of failure needs a sign? <laughs> but they had this sign. So, so me driving along, I've seen this sign, and then suddenly it felt like the car went boom. And I thought, wow, yes, this needs a sign. <laughs> Road failures ahead. And from then on, it became much more challenging to drive on this road that had been built. Let's <laughs> say, okay, one of those things that you get funding from the east, and these guys from the east come and build the road so quickly, eat your dogs and go away. <laughs> And so these, these, these Chinese people built this road, left the road, and went away. We were all so happy that we now have a road that goes through this place, now a shortcut from city to city. And now they've had to put aside road failures ahead. And the challenges on driving this was, was for me, was one, I've got somebody, I'm driving somebody else's car. And I've got my whole family in here. And I'm trying to think, it's now evening. If I am not careful, I may not make it to where I'm going. But perhaps I do make it to where I'm going. This car may not make it back. And I will still have all kinds of challenges. And then suddenly I kicked into prayer. You know, normally, you know, you, 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 many of you who come from close to where I come from, you just pray at the beginning of the journey and you don't have to worry about praying the rest of it. Some people have to pray all through the journey. But from where I come from, you pray at the beginning of the journey and that's it. You know, here sometimes I don't even pray. There's somebody when I have people visiting me from home and they say, Pastor, let's pray at the beginning of the journey. Pray for, for what? Because <laughs> I've got different challenges that I need to pray for here. I don't need to pray for getting on the silent roads of the Dutch. <laughs> Love the roads here. You know, I know I'm in Belgium when the road starts to make a noise. But, but here I was praying for the road and for the journey and for God bring me to where I'm going. Challenges I had. 
And I want to say to someone, there are challenges ahead. I am announcing to you that there will be challenges that you will face. I was just, we were just meditating and talking to my, with my wife and saying, you know, I don't know what this year is about now. Because in the last four weeks, we've had how many? Five couples. Five. I think it's five couples. Where adultery is involved. And I'm thinking, what is it? What's going on? Marriages are under attack. So my wife was saying, I hope you are not going to throw me a bombshell. <laughs> and, I was, and I was just thinking, yes, this is the level of attack. So while we are rejoicing and talking about victory, there are challenges along the way. Challenges along the way. They promised you that everything is going to be okay when you get your, your maroon passport. <laughs> challenges along the way. Once I get that passport pasta, things are going to, oh, no, no, no. It was just one challenge you have overcome. There are more challenges when you hold the maroon passport. I rejoiced when I had my son, and we called him a Hebrew name. And, and then I went to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> and guess what? They start asking you. What's your family like? So here I am, a proud dad. My name is Anotida, and my child is called Hillel, and say, Hillel, that's Hebrew. And then you know you've got a challenge. <laughs> when I went to Israel, they loved me. But in Saudi Arabia, they were asking. So the other guy told him, please watch out what you call your son or your daughter. Hebrew names are good, but they might put them in unnecessary challenges. Challenges ahead. All my kids have Hebrew names. But, but do you recognize what I'm talking about? They, some of you rejoiced the day you got a scholarship or you got your chance to come into the university. And then you came here and they threw what? <laughs> Oh, challenges are here. The fireworks were beautiful, right? And, and, and I was talking to some pastors, right? I didn't know pastors also get time to do fireworks, but I was with these pastors the other day. And, and they were saying, next time we should team up to do fireworks. And I'm like, guys, you're pastors. Where do you get the time to be doing fireworks? To go to Germany to buy a bunch of fireworks to come and blow up on the 31st. But okay, these are pastors, they did that. But I, I thought, wow. In the beauty of all this, then our discussions moved from the fireworks to the discussion we had gathered. And one of these guys said, oh, I just feel like, like crying. And, and, and the issues that were being shown and thrown at us were so heavy. The level of poverty of the communities we're going to work with was, was so piercing to the heart, even me. I was just sitting there and saying, you know, I have seen levels of poverty, but this goes beyond what I've seen up to now. And they're saying, yes, you pastors are going to have to work in those communities for 10 days. 
And, and so we all looked at each other. And then we said to ourselves, this is going to be a challenging moment for our lives. It's easy when people knock on my door and they say we are here to get money for a good cause. Who to do them? And give to this and give to that and give to that. And, and you know, you, it's easy to give to those things. But sometimes, sometimes we, we don't recognize the level of challenge that is there. So we were sitting there as pastors, 10 of us, looking and contemplating what have we signed up for? Because the level of poverty that just struck at us was so daring. And deep in my heart, I, I, I see these challenges and then I hear the voice of the Lord saying, Victory is certain. Victory is certain. In the workplace, it's great to have an increase. It's good to have a promotion. But lo and behold, it comes with new responsibilities and new challenges. Your dream is great, but I want you to know that every dream has challenges. Every issue you are going to engage in has issues of its own to deal with. It's nice to have a house of your own, but you have to take care of the maintenance by yourself. When I was renting, I called Idealis. You know Idealis? The sink is broken and they came and fixed it. The shower light is not bright enough and they came and put another one. Now my kids come to me and say, Papa, the sink is not working. And you know what? I need to go to the garage. Where is the bob jar? Where is the spanner? How do I fix it? The other day I called a guy to come and fix my dishwasher. He broke my kitchen plank and made me pay 100 euros for doing a two-minute job. The next time it broke down, my wife called me at work. The dishwasher is not working. I said, don't worry, I'll come fix it myself. The challenge is now mine. I have nobody else to call to, to come and fix it because the house is mine. So these are the challenges that you get with all the blessings. I know we want blessings and I guarantee you there are blessings also along the way. Amen. But there are challenges in between. Amen. Tell a neighbor there are challenges in between. <laughs> so how are we going to overcome those challenges? What do we need to do in order to be able to get through to our blessings? Amen. Amen. Because God does want you to get the blessings. He did want the children of Israel to get into Canaan and, 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 and change the place and call it the land of the Israelites. Milk and honey flowed in the place. God didn't want them to come there. But they had to deal with the challenges from getting out of Egypt to getting into Canaan. They had to deal with all the issues in between. And, and I just want just to take you to this scripture passage and and i've called this sermon victory fighting or winning without fighting i, I know sometimes I've, I've told you sometimes you need to put up a fight but here i just want to speak prophetically into your life where god says you're going to win without fighting Amen. but it'll take you to do three things one of them is to pray the second one is to position yourself and the third one is to praise if you're going to win without fighting, you need to learn to pray. You need to learn to position yourself. And you need to learn to praise the Lord. Amen. 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 So those three things.
And as we kick off the seven weeks of prayer and fasting, I want you to have that in your mind. That it's about me coming into a place where I pray and in a place where I am positioned appropriately. And the third one is where I am praising God. Amen. Amen. So we, you're going to read with me 2 Corinthians Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. It is a passage I love so much, mainly because of verse 20, which says, Trust in the Lord and believe in His prophets and you will prosper. I love that one, but I want to talk more about the preceding verses and the stuff that happens before. So I'm going to read. It's a long one. I, I may jump, I'll probably jump the prayer of Jehoshaphat, but I need to read some verses with you. So chapter 2, chapter 20 of 2 Chronicles. Verse 1 says, And it came to pass, and deliberately reading from the King James Version, And it came to pass after this also, that the children of Moab and Ammon, and, and with them other beside the Ammonites, came against Jehoshaphat to battle. You see, in chapter 19, God has given Jehoshaphat peace. And God has promised Jehoshaphat that it's going to be well. And Jehoshaphat has restored the, the worship of God and brought back the priests to worship in the temple again. And then things come into this place where he's now in a place where it seems like it's settled. And then a challenge comes up. See, challenges are ahead. And so this was his challenge. They came against him to do battle. And then... They came also and told Jehoshaphat saying, There comes a great multitude against you from beyond the sea on this side Syria, and behold, they are now in Hazan on Tamar, which is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared. You see, some battles cause you to fear. Some issues cause you to get worried. The fear here is a fear of worry. It is a fear of, now what am I going to do? Now what's going to happen? Now how am I going to manage through this? How am I going to maneuver through this situation? How can I get to the other side? That's the fear that he had. I can, I can see Jehoshaphat sitting on his chair wondering, how can I do this? Jehoshaphat has an army, but because of the multitude and the number and the strength of the Moab and, and, and the Moabites and the Ammonites, Jehoshaphat is thinking, I can't win this battle. With the army I have against them. And not only that, the Ammonites and the Moabites have gathered a few other allies to come and fight Jehoshaphat. So the multitude of things, it's big. Like statistics is such a difficult course. I don't know how to manage it. See, I remember so vividly when my wife and I had to pray about the statistics course. Because she was, she was, I don't know how to do this. And, and so we prayed. And she got a distinction after the first failure. She failed the first part and got a distinction on the second part. If you ask her to rewrite that exam, I am very sure she will not know what she had to do. But she knows that she got a victory. Why? Because God is in the business of fighting the battle for us. And therefore we are able to win without fighting. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you with me, church? Yes. And, and, and so, and so, so some, it, it, it's hard. It's hard when, you, when you're faced with some situations and you're thinking, should I stay, should I go? Should I stay, should I go? Should I face up with this thing or should I just run away? Have you ever been in that situation where you think, maybe if I run away, it's going to be better. But everybody's nudging you to stay in and, and, and face up with it. Face your fear. 
and think maybe I should just end it all right now. Maybe I should just relocate and then just, just not, not have to deal with it. Sweep it away and forget it. I've been in that place. Where you think, I don't want to deal with this. I have enough already to deal with. Have I had that feeling? I already have enough. I'm, I'm already struggling to, to just keep my own family going through. And now, I'm, you're adding this on top of it. And then the church, and then the work, and then the car breaks down. And, and, and you know, I've got enough. And, and, and then you look at it and say, how am I going to get through this? That's the place where Jehoshaphat was in. It was already a challenge to get Israel back to worshipping the true God again. And now he's faced with a big army that's come against him. And so what does Jehoshaphat do? The Bible says in verse 3, And Jehoshaphat feared and did this. He set himself to seek the Lord. He set himself to seek the Lord. He chose to focus on the Lord. He could have continued focusing on the things that he feared. He could continue focusing on everything that was going wrong. He could have continued focusing on the things that were not in the way they should be. But the Bible says he set himself to seek the Lord. I challenge you to set yourself to seek the Lord. Amen. Amen. I challenge you to pray. When you're faced with whatever that's facing you, can you set yourself to seek the Lord? He set himself to seek the Lord. And then he did not only do that, he proclaimed a fast. He proclaimed a fast throughout all Judea. And Judea gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. They gathered themselves to ask help from the Lord. So he set himself to seek the face of God, to seek the Lord. And while was he was seeking from the Lord, he was seeking for help. He was saying, God, help me. God, I'm faced with this situation. What am I going to do? Show me the way. Guide me through it. Give me strength. They set themselves to ask help of the Lord. And the Bible says, even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. Get your children to seek the Lord. Get your, your, your people to seek the Lord. Get your family seeking the Lord. Get yourself looking at the Lord and seeking His face. Seeking His face. Seeking the Lord is asking God for guidance. It's asking God for direction. It's asking God for strength and for help in the midst of your trouble, your situation, in the midst of your challenge. It's asking God to give you clarity, to make perfect the vision. Amen. Amen. To provide the things you need. To give you the substance. To give you that which is needful for you to make it into the next place. To reach your destiny. Amen. Amen. It's, it's asking Him to give you that which you need to fulfill and accomplish your purpose. To accomplish your vision. To accomplish the dream. That's seeking the face of the Lord. It's putting yourself in a place where God can pour out into you. And so Jehoshaphat turns to the Lord and asks help from the Lord. And Jehoshaphat prays. So verse 5 down to 13, Jehoshaphat is praying. I love the verse 13 says, And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. 
The Bible, I mean, you know, when you really go down into that, it says, with their infants, they did not, they also brought all their infants to the fast. Just want to challenge some parents. Don't be afraid to teach your kids to pray. Don't be afraid to get them praying with you. Teach them to pray. Get them praying. Teach them to fast. Teach them to fast. Teach them to skip a meal because of prayer. Jehoshaphat brought all Judah. Can you imagine the whole of Vagingen coming into the center square to pray? Can you imagine the whole of the Netherlands gathering in, around Amsterdam Arena and the plains around it to pray? Everyone with their kids and their infants. Can you imagine everybody coming to pray like that? That's, that's the kind of fast that Jehoshaphat called. But I want to challenge you as an individual to seek the Lord. Amen. Turn to prayer. Amen. Amen. And turn to prayer with fasting. Let's read from verse 14. And then upon Jahaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Beniah, the son of Jahil, the son of Matania, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. I just want to say with that, you see, Jahaziel, Jahaziel was not, was not a prophet, a prominent prophet. He was just amongst the sons of God that were serving in the house. He was a Levite, so we know he was a priest. But he was not a recognized prophet. It's the one time you hear about him and you don't hear about him anymore. But, but upon him comes the word of the Lord. I just want to challenge you that you as an individual can also hear the word of the Lord. Amen. You don't need to wait for the key prophet of the time to be the one prophesying to you. You don't need me to be giving you the word. You can hear the word of the Lord. You have the Spirit of the Lord. Is there somebody here who has the Spirit of the Lord? Amen. You have the Spirit of the Lord. So you can hear what the Spirit is saying. Because you have the Spirit in you. He can speak directly to you. You don't need some special TV program and some special pastor to speak into your life. You can download it directly from the Lord. Come on, somebody say Amen. amen. Those are the kind of things you should say Amen to. Not God will bless you. You're already blessed. But you should say amen to the fact that God can speak to you. Amen. And God will speak to you. Amen. What you need to do is listen to Him. Amen. Can I have an amen also on that? Amen. Amen says you agree. You should listen to the Lord. You should listen to the Holy Spirit. So that He can speak to you. And so He speaks into, into to, through this guy. And, and, and this guy is bold enough to proclaim to the whole congregation. Again, I want to challenge somebody. That sometimes God will give you a word not only for yourself. But a word for the family. A word for your friend. A word for the community. A word for the church. A word for Wageningen. A word for the Netherlands. Can you be bold to declare it? And speak it. In these seven weeks of prayer, I'm trusting God there's going to be much, much words. My wife was reminding me of a, of a brother. He's called Isaac. And Isaac would not often sit around here. And, and Isaac, 
Isaac was just prophetic. Man, this guy was prophetic. And it was, uh, one day he comes to me and says, Pastor, can you groom me in the place of prophet for being prophetic? And I thought, wow, you already prophesy more than I do. But he says, you're a pastor, so you can guide me. And, and, and he, he's just, just this prophetic guy. And often, in the midst of a service, he would just start speaking in tongues. And there was just this difference about those tongues that you knew these tongues needed to be, to be interpreted. And so he would speak. And, and God also just started to begin to give him the grace to be able to declare that which he was speaking in tongues. Right here. And one of those things was about this building. And so we're just talking about things we are praying for and believing for. My wife was saying, remember this guy. I said, wow. Yes. Thank you, Lord. That's, sometimes you have a word not only for yourself, but a word also for others. Be bold to declare it. Be strong to give it to others. Don't, it doesn't have to be dramatic. Like this guy, he didn't do anything dramatic. It came upon him. And he said, listen, O Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. This is what the Lord is saying. He just spoke what God was saying. You don't have to, 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 to crank it up. Say, jika, 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 jika. Now listen to me. <laughs> just, just speak it the way you, you want to speak it. Nothing wrong with those that, that God uses in that way. <laughs> How do you do it? I just, just be ready to speak it. Or come and say, I have a word. I need to speak. I tell you the, the one time I had such a strong word. And let me tell you this one. Let me tell you about this one. My wife, my wife was, was before she became my wife. So she, is, she comes to service. And I was in service as well. And, and, and you, you, you will remember this. And so, and so she gives this, this, she speaks in a tongue. And I have this friend who was leading the service. And he then comes up after the praise of praise and worship and says, there was a tongue that was spoken in this place. We are not moving until we have the interpretation of the message that, that, that the tongue was given. And, and yes, yours truly has the message. But you see, because I, I, I was starting to love this sister, <laughs> I had a conflict in my heart to say, God, I, I'm not going to be the one going up to give the word that she's, that she's spoken. And so I was there. And so I went secretly to the man of God that was supposed to preach. And I stood beside him. And I told him the message. And the man of God said, okay. And so I went back. And, and I thought my friend would give up on his waiting. And he announces again, we are not moving. I'm not calling the man of God to come here until the message comes. And, 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 and I'm here, I'm thinking, battling it myself. And then suddenly I just gathered up, went to the front, gave this message. And immediately the chairperson of the, of the, of the, of the, of the fellowship came up and said, we are declaring a fast based on that message. So you can also give a message that can change the direction of the church. We were going to have done that, but because of this message, we're going to do this. See, I was an ordinary brother trying to fall in love with a sister, and God was giving me a message. You hear what I'm saying, people? And then afterwards, I said, ah, if she can have received from the Lord, and I get the message, I can be the preacher. So now that's what we do. I'm sure you see that often.
downloading what she's crying so that I can preach it here. Amen. Amen. It started many, many years ago. In the 90s. So, so, so people, people, you are, you're with me, people. I want you to be able to move to that place where you can be confident to receive the word of God for yourself. And that sometimes, that word say, is a word also that goes to others. You can come forward and say, I have a word. Can I speak it? We'll have give you the mic. If you're afraid, we can check it first. Then we can give you the platform to speak. I had a brother who came to me one time and said, I have this word. And I said, develop it into a sermon. And I'll give you the whole sermon to preach it and give your word. And he did. And I can tell you it was so practical. It helped a lot of marriages. So you'll be, be ready to receive a word. Amen. Amen. So do not be afraid, he said. No dismay by reason of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours. But the battle is for who? 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 Who does the battle belong to? And so that other guy saying, what's his name? Who's saying victory belongs to Jesus? Why does victory belong to Jesus? Because the battle belongs to him. You are just in there to receive a testimony. Hallelujah. You are just in there to receive a testimony. So that you can know that your God is strong. So that you can know that your God is great. And so it is important to be able to position yourself. Everybody say position. Position. The first part is you pray. The second part is you position yourself. You position yourself for victory. You position yourself to possess your possessions. Like Bartimaeus, I was telling you last week, that Bartimaeus, when he was called, he did not remain where he was. He took off his cloak. He was positioning himself. He ran to Jesus. They brought him to Jesus. He was positioning himself. When Jesus says, what do you want? He said, I want to see. He was positioning himself. And when Jesus gave him his sight, Bartimaeus decided, I'm going to stick with Jesus. Why? He was positioning himself for more victories. If you can stick with Jesus, if you can be where Jesus wants you to be, you are destined for victory. Hallelujah. Victory is certain, but somebody needs to position himself. Go to the next verse. The battle is not yours. Tomorrow, go down against them. Position. Go down against them. Don't stay in your bed. Don't stay in your room. Get out and go do something. That's what, what, what he was saying. Get up from where you've been. Bartimaeus, come. If Bartimaeus had stayed sitting with the rest of the blind people and the beggars, he would not have received his healing. But tomorrow, somebody shout tomorrow. tomorrow. You don't shout it enough. I said shout tomorrow. Tomorrow. Do something. Do something. Position yourself to see the victory of the Lord. Position yourself to see the glory of God. Position yourself to see the power of God. Position yourself to see God move in your life. Sometimes positioning means you need to work hard. 
Sometimes it means you need to sacrifice some things. You need to sacrifice some comfort. If they had stayed in the palace and around the place, they could have stayed in the prayer place. But no, tomorrow you go down against them. Go, they will come up by the cliff of Ziz. You will find them at the end of the brook in the wilderness. They had to go out into the wilderness. They had to go out into the rough place to see the victory of the Lord. Oh, there is victory in the wilderness. Psalm 84 says, they passing through the valley of Baha. Baha talks about a rough, dry place. A rocky place. And while they are passing through this rough, rocky place, dry place, they leave behind a flow, flowing streams of water. Why? Because God gives them the victory as they go. You need to go out into your wilderness, into the place of your challenge. Remember that the, 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 the armies that were against them were in the wilderness, were in the rough, dry place. And that's where God says, go and position yourself. Come up against them. And, and you will not need, look at that, verse 17. You will not need to what? You will not need to fight in this battle. But... Set yourselves. Oh, come on, somebody say, set yourselves. Set yourselves. The first setting was to set themselves to seek the Lord. Now this setting is setting themselves to what? To see the salvation of the Lord with you. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord with you. Oh, Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them. For the Lord will be with you. Amen. The Lord will be with you. Hallelujah. Amen. 2020, the Lord will be with you. Amen. This next decade, the Lord will be with you. Amen. Tomorrow is, is, is a figure of expression I want to use with you. To challenge you that as you come out of this place, be confident that tomorrow is going to be okay. Amen. Be confident that tomorrow is the day of my victory. Be confident that tomorrow I am making a step into my victory. I may need to go and fight. You still need to go and write the thesis. You still need to go into the lecture. You still need to go into the workplace. You still need to fast for another 48 days. But tomorrow is the beginning of your victory. Stand still and you will see the salvation of the Lord. You still need to face up with that horrible family situation. You still need to see those people that have said, we don't want to talk to you anymore. You still need to face up with the tax collector and the tax office. You still need to deal with the immigration people. But I want to declare to you that tomorrow is a step into your victory. Hallelujah. Stand still. Position yourself. Position yourself. And you will see the victory of the Lord. God said the same to Moses in Exodus chapter 14 when they were faced with the Red Sea. The army that was behind them was an angry, hot army. And while they were standing there, the Red Sea was a bigger challenge. You dare not go into the Red Sea. You would drown in the Red Sea. But you can't go back either. You can't run away because you are too big a people. You will trample on each other. You will have a stampede because of fear. So they were stuck in that place. And God speaks to Moses and says, Moses, why are the people crying? Tell them to position themselves. And not only that, 
They are positioning themselves means that they need to start stepping across the Red Sea. Now you, Moses, go up and stretch your staff. And when Moses stretched his staff, the Red Sea opened. And he said to the people, go forward. Position yourself and go forward. Position yourself and go forward. I have this, this word for someone. That God who has brought you this far will not leave you to drown. The Lord who has brought you this far will not leave you to be killed by that which is chasing you. God who has brought you this far will not leave you to be overwhelmed by the future. He will see you through. Hallelujah. He will see you through. So be confident. Position yourself and step forward. Go forward. Move ahead. Don't stay where you are. Move ahead. Your dream will come to reality. Hallelujah. Move. Position yourself. You see, positioning themselves, they began to move. They took their things and began to go in. And as they began to go in, God just did wonders. The Red Sea, the waters on one side, standing, waiting for them to pass through. The ground which could have sucked them in became dry and steady. I prophesy that your path is going to be steady. In the midst of the waters, your path is going to be steady. In the midst of things that could drown you, your path is going to be steady. In the midst of the fire, you will not get burned, says Isaiah. God is your helper. He will help you. Isaiah 41. <laughs> And so they went in. The children of Israel didn't need to fight the Egyptians. It's God who fought them. And that's where the concept of winning without fighting came in. The Egyptians were drowned by the Lord. The Israelites, all they had to do was position themselves to cross. And after they crossed, they stood and looked back and saw God fighting their enemies. In Jehoshaphat, go down. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head and faced his ground and worshipped God. Go to verse 20, 21. Skip to verse 21. And when he consulted the people, he appointed the singers unto the Lord that they should praise the beauty of holiness. And as they went before the army, they said, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Verse 22. And when they began to sing, and to praise the Lord, the Lord set ambushes against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. All they did was praise. And while they were praising, God began to fight the armies that were against them. I want you to know to praise. So number one is you're going to pray. And pray with fasting. Why with fasting? Because fasting draws you closer to the Lord. It draws you closer to the Lord. Number two, fasting focuses your attention on God. Focuses your attention on God. And takes away your attention from the armies that were against you or are against you. Focuses your attention on the Lord. When, when, and, and I saw, when, when we fast this season, take time to focus on the Lord. In your break time, pray. Read the word. Focus on the Lord. Lunch time. Take time to pray. Take time to go out for a walk and pray. 
Find a corner where you can sit and meditate upon the word of the Lord. Find a brother, a partner that you can be together and, and, and be praying. Because it focuses your attention on the Lord. Exchange your eating for prayer. Don't just sit among them with a stomach that is grumbling and you just lusting over their food. Take time to pray. Amen. Amen. Say, ah, your food smells good, eh? No. Take time to pray. Go out and pray. Cycle back home and pray. Go and pray. It focuses your attention on the Lord. And thirdly, it empowers you spiritually. Empowers you spiritually. There are many others that you will find. I leave that to you. But these are the three things that are key for me when it comes to fasting. That it focuses my attention on the Lord. That it draws me closer to the Lord. Every time I fast, I just feel closer to the Lord. I know the Lord is always with me. But when I fast, I just feel like I've dedicated this time. And the Lord is, is, is just so real. And, 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 and it empowers us spiritually. It enables us to be able to hear the things in the Spirit. So that you can receive a word from the Lord. Amen. Amen. And, and Jesus, Jesus in Matthew 17, 20, also tells his, 20 and 21, tells his disciples and says, and says to, to them, You know what, guys? Some battles can only go when you fast. They'll say, how did we not, we're not able to cast out this demon? And it says, this guy, this guy, say to your neighbor, this guy of battle that you are facing needs you to fast. There are some battles you can manage when you are eating four meals a day. But there are some battles where you need to break away and fast. When I was praying to say, God, deliver me from poverty, I could not do that eating bread and salsa and drinking juice. I'm telling you, I saw the lineage of my family. When I looked at how all my fathers they would have one baby here, one baby there, and I said, God, I don't want this. This curse must be broken. I ended up fasting because I started to see that also I said, now I understand why my grandfather's food, the, the, the family is like a demon that draws, that draws us all. Say, find another woman. Say, God, this one will not have a hold on my life. Yeah, to fast. Fast. It's nice when you talk about the testimony. Ah, God provided. You don't know how God provided. It was by fasting and prayer. Anybody who's, you know, you know, was somebody was 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 saying, all oh, this one you are just preaching and preaching and the church said, you don't know how much I've been fasting to receive what God is giving me. So before you start saying God has favors, try fasting like I have. I was speaking to my bishop and said, some of you young boys want to come and stand on the pulpit here that I go out and pray. So I was asking him one day, I'm going to write a book about lessons in the car. I was, I was saying, you know, young man, I went through some serious periods of fasting and asking the Lord for direction. 
And then when God spoke, it was not easy. Because even when I started to build the church, I had people that said, your vision is not worth following. So now when some of you young boys are, are being agitated that Bishop never gives us an opportunity to preach in his 5,000-seater auditorium, it's because you have not prayed. Go and pray. So you know what? I took his advice and started praying. You know what? I ended up, ended up saying, God, I can't be preaching in this church. I need my own place to be preaching. So before you say, Pastor doesn't give me a chance to preach, go ahead fast and pray. <laughs> that was on the side. But prayer empowers you spiritually. Because some battles need you to fast and to pray. Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. And the last one is praise. Can you rise with me? We're going to praise the Lord. I want you to just praise God in your own words. In your own words, the Bible says, the Bible says in, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 20 and verse 20, verse 21, no sorry, verse, verse 19, that the Levites and the children of the Kohathites and the children of the Kohites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. See, when your voice is loud and then you place it also on high, this praise must have been loud. And they were praising God so loudly even before they went into the valley to fight. And I want you to gather that concept that you need to praise God. I want you to raise a, a voice of praise to God. In your own words, praise God for what He's going to do. Praise God for how you see Him giving you victory. If you want to shout, praise the Lord, shout it. If you want to shout hallelujah, shout hallelujah. But I want you to give God a praise of victory. Before you go out into the battle, praise Him in your own way. If you want to say glory to God, say glory to I don't know how you're going to praise Him. But I want somebody who says victory is mine and I'm going to praise Him. I'm going to praise Him. Lord, I thank you. Come on, praise God. Praise Him in your own words. Praise Him for what God is going to do for you. Praise Him for what you believe God is going to fight for you. Praise Him, praise Him, praise Him, praise Him. Oh, praise Him, praise Him. Just praise Him in your own words. Praise Him, praise Him, praise Him. I praise you for the solution. I praise you, God, for the empowerment. I praise. 